Hi, everybody. Rachel here. I'm doing a little check-in. I have three regular Keeping Shop interviews to release over the next few weeks, but if I'm being honest, I'm having a really hard time relating to pre-coronavirus time. Doesn't it all just feel so quaint? Like we were so lucky to live and sell and connect with customers in real life. And now everything just feels so different. Like this podcast is not the same podcast. Will it ever be again? I have no idea. Who knows? I'm struggling to figure it out. And I'm struggling to figure out kind of like what all of this is going to look like moving forward. But I did want to check in with everybody. I want to talk to you a little bit about what's going on at 40 Winks and what's been going on at 40 Winks for the last, what is it, six weeks now? And like what's working well for us and what I'm struggling with. And, you know, it's an open invitation for people to reach out and to to share what they've been working on and what has been working for them and what they're struggling with, all of those things. So the first thing that everyone... <laughs> I'm sure you're all relating to this. The first thing that anyone is asking anyone is about whether or not they applied for the PPP and whether or not they got it. And we did get it. We got it first round. I was obsessive and we got it. We work with citizens and for a bigger bank, I am very pleased with the way that they handled it. I literally had stress nightmares about how we were going to spend the money, which seems like a kind of a dumb problem to have, but I don't really think the PPP was designed with flexibility for business owners in mind. Our staff is all on unemployment, which is paying them way more than we could, paying them way more than we were when a lot of them were working for us because they are part-time. And with the $600 stipend from the federal government, it's more money than we could pay. I'm not going to ask them to come back and then pay them for eight weeks of part-time work and then have them have to go back on unemployment after that. It makes no sense. Plus, there's nothing for them to do. And I don't even know if I'm going to be able to hire my entire staff back at the end of this when we finally do open. So we have this money and we're using it to pay ourselves. Both Meredith and I are W-2 employees of the store, which is lucky. I, I realize that. We are going to max out the rent and utilities 25% benefit. And we're going to take the rest as a low interest loan. We are resigned to not getting it all converted to a grant. And we're really just planning to use it on what we need to get by. I would love to hear from any of you who have the PPP as well about how you're spending it, using it, not using it, all of that. I know a lot of you are going for the second round of funding. And if you are, word of advice, don't take take this for whatever, at whatever value you want to take it as. Don't try to figure out how to spend it in a way that makes it a grant. I mean, some of you probably have businesses that it's easy for it to convert to a grant, but for a lot of us who are running brick and mortar with part-time employees, it just, it doesn't make a ton of sense. And in no way, like I said, this is not financial advice, but if it were me 
you know, because it is me, this is how I'm spending it. I would spend it in a way that makes sense for your individual business and do whatever it takes to get by. That's it for the PPP. I could talk literally all day about it because I have so many feelings like, you know, I feel like the government is asking us to do their dirty work by paying our employees so that they don't go on an unemployment, but it's not realistic for so, so, so many of us. It does make sense for a lot of businesses and I don't want to appear ungrateful. I am grateful for the money, but I wish it was a little bit more, I wish there was a little more leeway in terms of the flexibility in which we could spend it. Anyway, that's where I stand with the PPP. A couple of things that have been working for us though, in terms of sort of bringing in actual money that isn't a loan or a grant, Taking pre-orders is really working for us well. We are picking vendors that have large stock lists generally and who usually ship quickly. We're working really closely with them to make sure that we are aware of what goods are available. We are choosing goods that we think our customers would like with a little bit of fun stuff mixed in, a little bit of more expensive stuff mixed in. We add everything to the site and include a timeline for shipment in the description. We really over-communicate that this piece is not going to ship right away with normal shipping times so that our customers' expectations are set correctly. We only buy what people order And our customers are really liking it because they're able to choose from a much bigger pool of goods than if we were just ordering the way we usually do, which is choosing what we think people will like. And that works really well when you're selling, you know, brick and mortar when people are coming in every day, but it's a little harder when you're pivoting to online. People want a lot of different options and I just can't afford to buy every color in a thong. But with this sort of situation, I can offer every color in a thong and then people can choose what they want. And then I buy exactly what they pre-buy. It's been a great way to offer things that we normally wouldn't bring in or maybe are unsure of because of cost or style or whatever. So we're able to test and we're noting what people are choosing and We're just kind of seeing what we need to buy into more when we start writing orders again. So if you have this option to sort of create like these pre-order sort of time sensitive sort of offerings, it's been really, it's been pretty lucrative actually. And I would 100% recommend at least giving giving it a try where you can. Okay, so the next thing that's been working for me, and I know a lot of you are going to disagree with me on this, but I'm going to share my experience anyway. Running a big discount worked for us. We turned 10, we had our 10 year anniversary on April 9th and that weekend after, and we ran a 30% discount on the whole online store, which is the biggest discount that I have ever run in the history of 40 Wanks. It freaked me out. I was really nervous about it. We made 10 grand in three days. For us, I don't know what about everyone else's numbers, but for us, that is like really good for in-store pre-pandemic numbers. You know, making $3,500 
in three, you know, each day for three days, that w- I would be really, really pleased with that. That would, that's a good weekend at 40 Wanks, you know, and that was, that's pre-pen, like I said, pre-COVID in store people coming in. So I was, I was happy to have a really good, you know, three day weekend and make 10 grand and have that money in the bank cash in hand. We also moved a lot of stuff that was sitting in our empty store. You know, I go into the store all the time. I go in two or three times a week to pack shipment and to just organize and to work on projects. We have a lot of we have software on our computer there that I have to, to use on that computer. It's kind of a pain. I'm going to touch on the uh, systemization and processing that I'm going to have to figure out should this ever happen again, because it may, but that's, a, that's, for another, that's for another discussion. But like I said, we moved a lot of random stuff that was just sitting there. So like, uh, I know people like are going to hate me for saying this, but I think running a discount to move merchandise, get some cash in hand, especially if you're a business like mine that works in seasons and has large sort of size runs that we need to move through, like we need to move shit and cash is queen. Like you can put a limit on the sale. You can run it for a couple of days. You can even run it for one day. You're not discounting your stock forever. So run a big juicy sale for one day for two days and get some cash in the bank. And I understand that people don't want to to train customers to expect a sale. I totally get it. And like I said, I balked at the 30% at first. But honestly, this is not the time to worry about training your customers to pay full price versus pay sale. We have no idea what to expect and we need cash in hand. We need to pay our rent. We need to be able to maybe bring in some new stock so that our offering is fresh. So like, if you think that running a a sale, like running a fun, upbeat, support your local shop type sale is going to help, I would 100% encourage you to do it. So hate me, love me, think it's a good idea, think it's a shit idea. That's totally fine. It worked for me. And I think it could work for a lot of your businesses. Another thing that we just sort of recently figured out (laughs) is that we need to be connecting with certain people in our staff and each other, Meredith and me, on a consistent basis and holding, we need to hold each other accountable for projects that we talk about. I mean, even pre-pandemic, right? Like how many times you have a good team meeting or a good brainstorm session and you haven't followed through on any of it? Is that is that just my team? Because I don't think it's just my team. I think we all struggle with this and we were struggling a lot with it. Just not having that connection point, right? Like when we were going into the store. So we decided to set up a weekly meeting with our manager, Ari, and also a weekly meeting with each other that we stick to. And we write things down, we div- divvy things up and we set clear expectations for what needs to happen. I think everyone, our staff, our team, 
everyone is feeling really unmoored lately when it comes to work. All of the touch points we once had, like I said, like the coming to work, seeing each other, the morning meetings, all of that is gone. And I really think that creativity and productivity are suffering without that connection. So we at 40 Winks, we're connecting more, we're taking all ideas seriously, because this is the other thing. You never know what's going to stick and work really well, maybe so well that it becomes a game-changing addition to your business or a tweak to something that's going to set you up for big success when this is, oh my God, all over. I can't freaking wait. So coming together with my team with some sort of schedule and taking all suggestions seriously to keep growing is really, really, really important. And if you don't have a team or a business partner, finding a like-minded business person to meet with, to Zoom with, and bounce ideas off of can work just as well. You don't have to overthink it. I I know not everyone has a business partner, but you don't have to stay alone in it. I know a lot of people think that it's easier to have a business partner. And yeah, if you have the right business partner, if you have the right manager, it's easier in some ways, but you can get the benefits of collaboration and encouragement and just having someone to, as a sounding board, you can get that from other business owners too. So reach out, see who wants in on that kind of scheduled weekly connection. Okay. So that's what's working really well for us. But, you know, honestly, one of my, I guess, demons that's really coming to to hang out with me during this time is my absolute obsession with, with work, even when I'm exhausted and not being very productive at all. Like I can't sit still. I'm always signing up for some virtual workshop or making a to-do list or checking my website analytics. I should take a nap, (laughs) you know, but work, honestly, friends, work numbs me out and busy work really numbs me out. It's so, it feels so good to me. It makes my brain shut off and I'm running from my feelings in a lot of ways. If I can just keep working And like I said, I'm not even getting that much done. (laughs) But if I can keep working, I can forget that this is all happening. Is that relatable? Like, am I alone in this? Like, I don't think I am. But like, it's like, it's so hard when you know you're doing something and you know you need to, you know that what you're doing is not like the best way of doing something and you still can't stop doing it. I know that identification of the problem is half the battle, but you know, actually I think it's like a quarter of the battle because it's way harder for me to stop doing something like to adopt better coping mechanisms when I have always self soothed in a certain way, really since I was a child, but that's like a whole nother thing. Like I've identified these coping mechanisms, but it's really, really hard for me to still turn them off. And I guess that's it. I have no advice on this. I'm working on it. This this pandemic, this COVID thing has brought this to the forefront of my personal growth to-do list. And I do want to stop self-soothing with work. I am 
trying. I'm moving my body. I'm drinking water. Like, I know that those are like so cliched, but those are things that I can feel in my body as helping. I go to bed a little earlier. I force myself to go to bed. And then I'm like reading, you know, like a dumb but fun murder mystery instead of like, you know, a profit, like profit first or like an e-commerce how-to business book. I'm not going to remember the business book anyway, because I am so damn tired. <laughs> anyway, that's kind of where I am emotionally and mentally. I'm, I'm realizing that I numb out with busy work and I don't actually spend good quality time with actual work. So stay tuned, folks. <laughs> I, um, yeah, it's, I've got a lot of time on my hands in a way to work through this. So stay tuned. Like I said, I would love to hear from you all with your mental health thoughts or what is just working for you in terms of running your shops and spaces. I am going to return, uh, release the interviews that I had recorded before all this happened because you know, we need a sense of normalcy too. Just bear with me as I figure this all out. I'm always grateful for your tuning into the show. And I'm going to be doing these check-ins a little bit more because honestly, I love talking to you and connecting with you. Even when it feels like I'm MIA, I'm still very much present with this community. You're in my thoughts and my, my heart. And I want nothing but success and happiness for us all. It's not easy, right? Like it's, it's hard, but we're getting there. And, you know, I, one more thing, <laughs> our Notori rep, Notori is one of our biggest lines that we carry at the store. We were texting the other day and she was saying how, the brick and mortars are that they sell in that Notori sells in are so nimble and are coming up with all of these amazing ideas and all of these really like creative ways of of surviving this. And meanwhile, the department stores and the bigger stores are totally they're just shell shocked and so they're just frozen a little bit and unable to iterate and pivot like we are able to do that. And I felt encouraged for like the first time in a long time. And it's not to say that I want department stores or bigger stores to fail, but, you know, keeping up with our creativity, keeping up with our, our pivots, throwing a bunch of stuff at a wall and, and hoping that something sticks that is going to pay off long-term. And I think we're already seeing elements of that. And I don't know where this is all going to end up. I don't know where our stores are going to end up. But I think we really need to keep our eye on the prize, stay tough, work through our mental shit, and use the resources we have in smart and creative ways and set ourselves up to, you know, this sounds cheesy, but to rise again, because we can do it there. It, it will, it can happen. So 
Thanks for listening. And like I said, I'll, I'll check in again soon. Have a wonderful week. Thanks again. Bye-bye.